What is going on, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of The Drop-In. I'm so stoked to have my buddy Jay here. It, it, our relationship has just been freaking awesome over the last number of years. And as we got going in the Better Rate Mortgage Studios, I'm like, Jay, will you come back on the show? I know, I know we've done stuff in the past, but I think we can even build on what this guy brings to the table. So I'm not even gonna talk too much to open this show. Let's get right into it. Jay, thank you so much for coming. Oh, anytime, man. I always love hanging out with you. I gotta represent my purple heart. Yeah, I'm always here for you. Well, I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule because you are a man who wears several hats uh, <laughs> and do a lot. You're always going, you're always doing things. But, um, you know, uh, before we even get into it, I have to ask you a couple a couple questions that are on my mind. For sure. First, and we're going to talk wrestling to open the show, but I want to ask, where did the name Eddie Venom come from? Well, you'd be surprised. A lot of uh, pro wrestlers are big comic book nerds, just like me. And uh, <laughs> so I was, you know, I've always been a Spider-Man guy. Venom was a great character, and Venom's character, real name was Eddie Brock. Uh, I have a Venom tattoo on my uh, shoulder, and so when I first started out, I was like, I'm going to be Eddie Venom and uh, just kind of clicked. And uh, I just, uh, you know, I kept that. I started out first. I was wrestling because I was doing actually a lot of stuff with a, a local radio show at the time called Dominski and Doyle. And uh, I was Jay, the cable guy. I was a character on there. I did a lot of weird stuff. They pepper sprayed me one time, did all sorts of crazy stuff, you know? Um, and I took that character in when I started wrestling, but uh, it just wasn't a viable character for wrestling. Uh, it was cute, but not something that could be serious. So uh, I changed the name that I actually got warped to her one year. We wrestled at Warp Tour in the parking lot of Pontiac Silverdome, and that's when I officially killed off the Jay the Cable Guy character and uh, became Eddie Venom. Right on, right on. You know, uh, it had to be a year, year and a half ago. You and I uh, were playing hockey together. We did some filming out in Troy, hmm. and my buddy Will came with us that day, and oh, he yeah. was so psyched on it. So I know Will's going to enjoy that little uh, where the name came from, but he probably already knows. He was a huge fan, and that day, I mean, he still talks about it to this day, oh, getting awesome. on the ice with you. That was a great time. That we uh, that was another thing that we did for uh, uh, a local kid, and uh, that was for his Eagle Scout uh, badge, I believe. He was doing this whole uh, video of uh, safety things and things like that for hockey. It was a really cool experience. Uh, involved with I, I had a lot of fun yeah that was a cool day but let's let's get right to the to the meat uh, actually to the beginning of of how you started or got into professional wrestling uh well i i was always a big wrestling fan growing up uh, saturday mornings watching hulk hogan and uh, undertaker go at it and macho man savage so i was always a huge fan um, the attitude era in the nineties, like really kind of ramped up the, uh, it kind of made it more of an adult kind of thing. Um, you know, so as I grew, the wrestling kind of grew as well and I always loved it and I always wanted to be a part of it, but I never knew how, you know, um, I used to live in Florida and I remember I met a wrestler through, through a, a radio show. I called in and, uh, he, he said, yeah, there's wrestling schools that you go to. I was like, wow, that's amazing. So when I came back to Michigan, I was doing stuff with that Dominski and Doyle group, actually. And uh, I met a local wrestler through there, and uh, we did a wing-eating contest. <laughs> and uh, so I got to talking to him. I mean, man, I've always loved wrestling. And he, he told me uh, some things. He told me where a school was. I went online uh, that night, um, found a wrestling school, and uh, started right from there. And I've been doing it ever since. Wow. Wow. And how tall are you? Um, about six, six and a half, six, seven, depending on how bad my back hurts that day. <laughs> <laughs> and think about that. Six, 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 seven on ice skates. Dude plays hockey. <laughs> like uh, we, we have played a few times together and I mean, you know, you're coming by Jay, you better get all the way over by the boards <laughs> to get by him between his wingspan, stick length, height. Y you you got to get around him. I, I try to cover a lot of space, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and you do, you do. Uh, you know, I think it was last year and the last year or so I watched some wrestling documentaries and definitely down, uh, down South, uh, fans take wrestling very seriously. Oh, I mean, yeah. people have been stabbed. There's been crazy stuff that goes on outside the ring in their personal oh, yeah. lives in restaurants. Any stories about, uh, just a fan who maybe took it a little too far, maybe. Well, we, uh, there's been, a, there's been a quite a few times. Uh, usually I was always a heel, you know, I'm a, I'm the big guy. It's harder to, um, it's harder to make me a baby face as far as, uh, when, because when you, for a baby face to, for a really good guy, you have to be able to build sympathy for that character during the match. Right. And, you know, it's not very believable having somebody smaller 
you know, unless they're super cheating and things like that to be beat me down to enough to where it would get sympathy from the crowd to like, we got to get this guy to beat this bad guy, you know, that, that kind of thing. So I was really good at being a bad guy. <laughs> I was really good at making people hate me. Uh, it was, it was fun. Um, especially with the wrestling, you know, most of the time with the, with the, uh, the fans and things like that, they know it's a show. So they'll give it to you during the show, but then afterward they'll come up and shake your hand and buy you a t-shirt and things like that. But there were, there have been some, uh, I remember specifically uh, me and some other guys, we were a group in, in Ohio. We were called the Michigan invasion. Uh, we would always rip on Ohio state and uh, you know, and we were in the heart, we were in Lima, Ohio, not too far from Dayton. We're in the heart of Ohio mm -hmm. and we'd come out with our Michigan gear and we'd come out to the Mich U of M fight song just to rub it in. But one day we decided to really take it up a notch and uh, we took a steel garbage can out to the ring with us and we were on the mic talking trash like we do. And we pulled out an Ohio State flag, and we decided to set it on fire. <laughs> that uh, that that drew a little bit of attention. Uh, it it took. There were several people trying to reach under the ropes and grab at us and grab to try to save the flag. And that was that was a that that is like a really that was one of the the, the hottest that it's been where uh, that heat just from the the crowd. They just that anger, man. You, you try to mess with their Ohio State, they'll go after you. Yeah, but we yeah. still won. <laughs> <Go blue. laughs> but uh, you know the fans are so passionate i grew up uh about the same era you did and my dad loved wrestling so i got to visit we actually were at wrestlemania 3 nice um and my dad was he was psyched on hulk hogan i like jimmy superfly snooker oh, yeah. or the british bulldogs i've like, done shows with jimmy snooker before he passed away he was he was an interesting dude for uh, sure he was gnarly in the ring and um you know, I, I, I love doing stuff with my dad. So I, I paid attention to wrestling and we got to do some cool stuff. You have had some um, uh, amazing opportunities in on that stage, on the WrestleMania stage. Uh, can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, that was the, the coolest thing about my wrestling career is uh, getting to come up um, in, into the, in the business and becoming friends with these guys that I grew up watching. Um, guys like I've got to wrestle the, the Steiner brothers. I've got to wrestle... Uh, uh, Road Warrior Hawk, uh, Tito Santana, uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Hacksaw Jim Duggan's a good buddy of mine, you know. And and to grow up watching these guys and become friends with them and get to wrestle them has been seriously amazing. But my my favorite all time was always the Undertaker. Um, so whenever WWE goes to a town, uh, they'll bring in extra talent. Uh, they're local guys, um, whether they need them to play security guards or whatever it is. Uh, so a couple of occasions they would come to Detroit and I got to play one of the undertakers druids um, once for Saturday night main event when it was at Cobble hall. And then once for WrestleMania at Ford field. So I got to be a druid and carry a torch out to the ring for his entrance. And anybody that's seen a WrestleMania entrance, especially for undertaker knows how dramatic it is with the, mm -hmm. the music and the fire and everything. Um, so yeah, I'm dressed as a druid and I walk out to the stage with a burning torch trying not to burn the guy in front of me. And uh, <laughs> I walk out and there's 85,000 people. And I'm like, wow, this is pretty amazing that they could do this. And uh, that was, yeah, that's an experience. Obviously I'll never, never forget. It was amazing. That energy, 85,000 oh. people. Like I have goosebumps, like just thinking about oh, what that had to be like. And uh, I remember that I think the main event was Shawn Michaels versus John Cena. And uh, they did this whole thing with John Cena driving a Mustang through, through the, uh, they, did a pre-film where he's driving through the, the streets of Detroit and then he comes roaring out of the tunnel and uh, just hearing how electric that crowd gets. You know, I've, I've done big shows. I've got to wrestle at Joe Lewis uh, before it was torn down in front of 12 to 15,000 people, but 85,000 right. people just going insane. It's, it's something, even if you're not a wrestling fan, you go to one of those shows, you're going to have a good time and you're just going to feel that, that, that electricity and, and feel what it's all about. It's, it's amazing. Well, and it is. It's incredible that sh that the energy that is there mm -hmm. is just, I, I mean, it's almost like a playoff hockey game. Yeah. You know, you go to a playoff hockey game, it's just different. Yeah. It's different than a regular season exactly. game. Yeah, exactly. That's the same thing. I've been there for football games, and there's great energy, but it's just a different energy when it's, when it's something like that. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's a good analogy. Playoff hockey because it just it ramps up. You know, it's you you're usually at this level, but you know that's especially with WrestleMania, that's the big show for the year. So you're taking it up to a whole different level, and it's uh, 
It's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's really cool to be a part of. Yeah, and I think, uh, what is it, like 14.7 pounds of, of weight, like in the atmosphere. The weight at those kinds of uh, events is more than that 14.7 oh, yeah, pounds. You can feel it. The air is thick. You yeah. know what I mean? It, it's such a cool vibe, you know? It's like, and in, in just to be a part of it, you know, you see it on TV, but it's when you're there, no matter what capacity you're there, whether you're there as a fan, whether you're there as a vendor, whether you're there as what I was doing, you just feel like you're part of something special. Yeah. You know? It's very, very cool. Now, at that time, there was a dude that used to, like, like enter the ring with, with Undertaker, Paul Bearer. Was oh, yeah. he there then? No, he wasn't there. Um, I have you ever seen that guy? Like he yeah. looks crazy well, on a, TV. He was from Ohio. I mean, he we I, I've done local shows with him. Um, the guy, was, uh, his name was uh, Paul Moody, and he was he was an actual Undertaker. Or he was an actual mortician. For real? Yeah, that he had a he had a license <laughs> in more. Yeah, if you ever get a chance, uh, um, WWE has a, a great uh, documentary on their network uh, about him. He was literally a mortician, and that's what he did. And they make the joke is uh, when you get hired by Vince McMahon, if you don't want to do something, don't tell him you know how to do it. <laughs> because right, right. Of course, obviously, he says, yo, yeah, I'm a mortician. Of course, Vince McMahon's like, oh, well, <laughs> that's a character right there. We could use that. Absolutely. So he wasn't there at that time, but I have met him at other times. And uh, he had passed away a few years ago. He was he was a great guy, though. He was hilarious. He was super funny. Percy Pringle used to, to work as way back in the day. And uh, he was just so talented and just a great guy. Yeah, on TV is so animated. He, oh, he yeah. played that character to a T. Yeah, and if you ever look up some of his early stuff as Percy Pringle, he was in a different character, but completely intense as well. I mean, he was he he, he put his heart into it. He's one of those guys. He's not a ha uh, one of those guys that are just going through the motions. You know what I mean? He put his heart and soul into it. Well, and I think uh, especially on that stage. Uh, you have to. Oh, you yeah. have to be all in. Uh, yeah, and that's and that's that's why he lasted so long. That's why the Undertaker lasted so long because of that. Um, once you're able, if you put in your heart and your soul, the fans recognize that. So even if you're a bad guy, you know whatever it is, even if they're not necessarily a fan of you, they still recognize what you put into it, and and they respect that. Yeah, and that's with anything uh, in life. You know, you you're pa you're passionate. You're driven about whatever it is, people will recognize that. You know, for me on a skateboard, people are like, you There's you have fun. You enjoy what you're doing. It, it radiates. And, and again, no matter what, if it's in the ring, on a skateboard, drawing pictures in front of a camera, a ballerina, whatever you are, people will feel that passion. It, 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 it really shines through. And, and that's one of the the greatest things to take away from this show. The, the folks that come and visit the drop-in, they're passionate about what they're doing. They love what they're doing. Jay loves what he's doing today. I mean, dude, like I said, we're going to talk about the different hats that he has had the opportunity to really take advantage of and reach out, especially some of the charity work that he's doing. We're going to get into that. But I want to talk about the injuries in the ring because that's a, I mean, you are totally invested. Not only in the show in in what you're learning as far as choreographed stuff but i mean it's a physical it's no joke oh, absolutely people always love to say oh pro wrestling that's fake and anytime i hear it, i call that the f word because <laughs> i i wish it was fake to be honest it's <laughs> it's sometimes because yes uh, pro wrestling is scripted it's predetermined the outcomes but what we do in the ring you're beating the crap out of each other. Mm. I mean, there's no way to, to fake being picked up. Like you said, I'm six, seven. If I pick you up over my head and I slam you down to the mat. You know, there's a little bit of padding, but there's no way to fake that. Yeah. You're when still you're, dropping 11 feet. <laughs> when you're getting hit with a steel chair, there's no way to fake that you're getting hit. And as the wrestling fans became smarter about, uh, the, and we, we say that that's a, it could sound derogatory. It's not. It's not a derogatory. What we say is, when, once you know that the business, once you know that the business is predetermined, that it's a work, then you become smart to the business. That's what we call. It. So I don't want it to, to sound derogatory, but once you become smart to the business, it changes. So people know that, you know, they can tell now if you're not putting it into it. You know, so it's gotten a little bit more physical over the years. Well, a lot more physical over the years, but that's why you'll see a lot of this. Uh, 
especially on TV where it's like, man, they're, they, they look like they're really hitting each other. No, it's, it doesn't look like they're really hitting each other. They really are hitting each other. They're, they're, they're pounding on each other. So yeah, I've had several injuries. I used to break my fingers every once in a while or to break my nose every few months, uh, you know, from an errant punch, somebody hit me wrong or whatever. Um, I broke a, a, a tibia at one point. I fractured that, um, concussions obviously. Um, but the worst injury I ever had, uh, April 15th of 2011, I actually broke my back in the ring um, during a match. Uh, broke your back? Yeah, I broke one vertebrae and I crushed another one. And uh, <laughs> I didn't know exactly what happened at the time. I actually finished the match. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. That's, that's just one of the many reasons well, Jay is sitting in the drop-in but studios. But that's the thing, because this show was a hot show. It was at a high school. It was a charity show. I'm just filled with high school kids that were super into it. And my own, I don't know if it's ego or whatever it is, but I'm like, oh, I got to give these kids. So I'm not going to bum these kids out by being hurt and not being able to finish a match. Okay. I got to finish this match. So it was a tag team match. Me and my best friend, uh, we were tagging up against a couple guys. Uh, and it was just a fluke thing. I had the guy on my shoulders, his back laying across my shoulders, like a torture rack, like Lex Luger used to do. And it's uh, the move is I just like sit down and he slides off my shoulders, but it looks like it's like a backbreaker on mm -hmm. him. Well, it was just a fluke thing. He had his legs wrapped around my arms a little bit too much. And uh, so when I went down, all of his weight stayed on my shoulders. and compressed my back. And it broke one vertebrae, and it crushed another one. Um, like I said, I knew I was hurt, but I was like, oh, we only got a couple minutes left. Let's just finish out the match. Adrenaline's rocking. Exactly. You're in it. The energy. Exactly. I so we, we ended up finishing the match. And... Uh, I walked in and my partner, we won the tag belt. So uh, he's like, let's go celebrate in the crowd. So I'm like, oh boy, here we go. So I'm like climbing up the bleachers and celebrating with these kids. And I'm just in so much pain. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I, as soon as we get through the curtain, I just fall down. I'm like, oh my goodness. So I didn't know exactly what happened, but I'm also not one of those guys that goes to the doctor a lot, <laughs> unfortunately. So my wife, uh, she's like, well, you let's go to the hospital. I'm like, nah, we'll give it a couple of days, see how it feels. So I went home uh, the next day. I just, obviously I couldn't move. So I was like, all right, I'll, I'll go to the hospital. So we went, I thought I'd just get some x-rays. They did an MRI and uh, yeah, it turns out one vertebrae was crushed um, to the point where they said I lost like 10% height on it from it being squished down and uh, the other one broke so that if you look at it, you know, a disc is round. If you look at it from overhead, it looked like a peace sign. <laughs> it, it was crazy, but I was lucky. Uh, you know, it's so weird to say, you know, you're lucky when you break your back, but nothing shifted. Uh, so I was super lucky. I didn't have to have surgery. I just had to rehab and, um, you know, I'll never be back to a hundred percent, but I'm 85, you know, 85 to 90% and I can deal with that. Right on. And I think, you know, you're saying, you know, you, you knew something was wrong, but you kept on, you, you did your thing. I think in, especially in action sports, wrestling, extreme sports, skateboarding, BMX, I mean, even ice hockey, you, you we, we watched P, uh, dudes with broken legs play a, <laughs> the finish out a 40 second shift oh, yeah. and he had a broken leg, you yeah. know, I think, uh, uh, with everything combined in that moment, we can surpass and, and do some incredible things, which you did to finish the match, even climb in the crowd and well, celebrate. And that's the thing. That's uh, the kind of thing that you always talk about. It's, it's if you have that passion and you have that drive, you don't let those things stop you. You know what I mean? It's like I said, uh, you know, th this, this it was a high school full of kids that were having the time of their lives. You know, I'm not going to mess that up. You know, I don't want to I don't want to bring some kind of thing down to make that evening stand out to them in a, in a negative way. So you suck it up and you do what you do and you get it done. <laughs> so, you know, that happens. You end up, you know, going through rehab, getting back to where you can actually function at life. Uh, at that point, you cash it in. You're going to sit on the couch like with a warm blanket and some warm milk <laughs> and, and just call it, you know, I'm done with any of that. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, much to my wife's, uh, anger at the time, uh, I was back in the ring cutting a promo in, in about two and a half, three weeks, <laughs> I got on the mic and I, you know, told the promoters that I work for, you know, cause I was involved in some storylines at the time and stuff like that. So I told him I can't do a whole lot. Um, but I can get in, I can talk, talk trash to the audience. I can, I can be a part of it. So 
that's what I did. Um, I did that until I was healthy enough to where I could get in the ring and uh, do some like tag matches, slot tag matches where I'm the big guy. So I can just stay on the outside. Most of the time they just tag me at the end. I just boom, 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 you know, and so until I was slowly healing um, to the point where I could finally do full matches and get back to normal. So. Freaking incredible. Incredible, Jay. <laughs> you got to make things that, like I said, I mean, uh, you got to find a way. If you if you can't do something, you you just find a way. To, you find a way around it. If something's in your way, you have to find your way around it. And that's that's what we, you know, it, it, it takes a long time to learn. Uh, you know, I didn't start out that way. Um, it took a long time to get to that point. But once you get to that point, uh, you got to, you know, you know you want to do something. You know that it's your passion. You're going to find that way around it. You're going to find a way, no matter what life obstacles they put in your way, you're going to find a way around it. Right. And our, our, the human body is incredible. Oh, incredible. It's the, you know? the mind. I mean, when you think you can't do something and then it turns out you do. And it, it sometimes I'm blown away. I'm like, I, I can't believe I did that. You know, but it, it's if your mind strong enough to push you to do that, you know, it might not always be good for your body, but you can do it. <laughs> right. I think it was Henry Ford that said, if you think you can, or you think you can't, you're right. You're right. Yep, and, exactly. and that is so true, especially in the healing process. You know, uh, I've experienced it and I'm sure you have, when you have a positive mindset on the outcome, you heal quicker, you heal oh, yeah. stronger. Doctors even back it up now. Mm -hmm. They say, you know, 80% of the healing uh, as people come into surgery or out of surgery is their mindset and, and their confidence in, in the doctor's ability, but their confidence in their own physiology. Right. And that's the thing too. You have to, uh, you have to have that because yeah, I, I could have just sat on the couch and, and done nothing. And, but what, what would that accomplish? You know what I mean? It would have made me not heal as, as quickly as I did and as well as I did. And it would have put me in a, deeper mental state to where I might not ever come back. You know what I mean? Even if you, even if you heal physically, you don't always heal mentally. So yeah, it would have been easy to do that, but it wasn't my turn. It wasn't my time to do that. You know, I still had stuff I had to do. You know and what I mean? Speaking of that, <laughs> that's a perfect segue into our next thing. You know, how did you get into the stunt world? I mean, it seems like a natural progression, to most people, but I mean, you're wrestling, you're, you're at WrestleMania, you, you break your freaking back <laughs> and, and that's before you become a stuntman in films and in other things. How did that transition happen? Well, I, I've always been a huge, huge movie fan. I, I just, I love cinema. I love, um, I love the fantasy of it. I love being able to go and you know, for a couple hours, you can, you know, you're literally transported to a different place, you know? So I've always been huge, a fan of, of film and things like that. But, you know, growing up in Detroit, you figure that's a Hollywood thing. You know, that's, that's not something that's actually achievable. Um, well, at the time uh, we had uh, Michigan had a good tax credit for films. Um, so filming is going to go wherever it's the cheapest. And, where, and if they get tax credits, they're going to go there. So all of a sudden, Michigan, for a few years, had tons of films uh, being filmed here um, all over the, the state. Um, so one of my best friends, uh, Zach Gowan, who is a one-legged wrestler, should have him on. He's, a he's great. He's a one -leg, he was the world's first one-legged pro wrestler. Future show. No, I guarantee we'll get him in here in the drop-in studio. Absolutely. And now he goes and he's a motivational speaker and goes yeah. around the country. So, yeah, I'm going to hook you up with him. But he has one leg. And... Uh, he was hired by a stunt coordinator for a war movie to do a stunt to where they would blow off his fake leg with a cannon. And I was like, I was just, I was so mesmerized. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. You got to be a, like, because at, when I was a kid, I remember in ninth grade, I was just always the quirky kid. I was always, you know, jumping around doing stuff. And I would literally jump and do barrel dives over desks and things like that. And people are like, what are you doing? I was like, oh, I want to be a stunt man when I grow up saying that, but still in the back of my mind thinking, oh, that's, not achievable. Mm -hmm. That's a Hollywood thing. So I was mesmerized by it. And I was like, can you introduce me to the stunt coordinator? And he did. And I talked with him. I learned a lot from him. He introduced me to some other stunt coordinators. Uh, I started uh, training with some local guys uh, to kind of transition from the pro wrestling to the, uh, to the combat on film, to fighting on film. It's a little bit different, you know, and just started training like crazy and 
hustling, meeting coordinators wherever I can, and finally started getting getting hired a little bit at a time. And uh, once my name got out there more, I started getting hired more and more, and um, and then been doing that ever since. So once they, that took off, I retired from the pro wrestling. I maybe do one or two shows a year just for fun, but uh, don't do it full time anymore. And now I do the the stunt work. Now, uh, you know, the Michigan tax credit thing, uh, it, what was that, like five, six, seven years ago? I forget. What yeah, it was, was a while ago. It was when uh, uh, Granholm was still in office. Yeah. Uh, so she's the one that started it. Um, so right, at, I got in right at the very tail end. So as soon as I get into the business and start working in film, uh, a new governor came in and he got rid of the tax credits. So as soon as he did all the filming, basically left town. So there's some local things that, that film and things like that, uh, that are lower budget, things like that. But the higher budget, big, big ticket movies, they weren't coming here anymore. So I work a lot in New York, Chicago, um, Pittsburgh is a big filming area, stuff like that. And I love working in those areas. It's great. Um, but I also like sleeping in my own bed at night. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> so I'm actually part of a group, uh, called Mithia, which is the Michigan, um, film, I don't even remember. Mifia.org. And uh, what it is, it's a bunch of union uh, people. Uh, I'm on the actual local board of our uh, actors union, which is the Screen Actors Guild, AFTRA. Um, and we wrote up a new bill for a new tax credit. Um, the old tax credit, on, in all honesty, it wasn't sustainable. It was giving way too much and we weren't getting enough back. So it did need to go away. But now we have a new one that's based on the Georgia, uh, uh, the Georgia tax credit bill. And... If you know anything about film, there's so much stuff being filmed in Atlanta right now. It's ridiculous. All your big sh- walking dead, all the Marvel movies, all those, they all film in Atlanta because their tax credit is so good. Um, so we've written a tax credit that, uh, will, it kind of mirrors theirs, but it gives, uh, more incentives for hiring Michigan local residents. That's what we want to do. A lot of people think, oh, well, you know, we need to bring Hollywood to Michigan. They don't realize how many jobs that this will bring. Uh, not only actors and things like that, but every film has electricians, has carpenters, has drivers, has caterers. caterers. You know, there are so many residual jobs that are created from the film industry. Uh, we think it's a great thing for Michigan, and we're really hoping that we, we just entered, in, uh, entered it in, and we're, uh, it's going to be voted on before, uh, pretty soon. So. Anybody interested, we'd love you to go to mifia.org and uh, you can donate and uh, help uh, learn how to talk to your congresspeople and tell them, hey, we want we want this jobs bill passed. So hopefully that'll work out and uh, we'll get a lot more filming here and hopefully I can work uh, and sleep in my own bed sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, early on, because it is such a relationship-based business, was it difficult for you to, to get your name out there, to get, get jobs? Were you, I mean, were you sending emails, your agent hustling for you? How, how did you go about that? And this is for you guys at home. If you're, you're sitting there going, man, I want to be a stuntman, how did he do it? Outside of the Michigan opportunities, how did he get his name even out there? Did he go and walk the streets? Like, it, what did it, you do? And what we do is it is called hustling. Um, obviously, pre-COVID is a lot different. Uh, stunt people would actually go to sets where stunt coordinators would be at, wait for them not to be busy. And we'd give them our headshot and resume and introduce ourselves and say, Hey, we'd love to, you know, I'd love to meet and meet, uh, work with you and things like that. It's changed a lot because of COVID and everything like that. Um, films are pretty much shut down as far as who can get on set and things like that with COVID regulations and things like that. So a lot of it is just internet. Um, we have different databases and things like that, where it'll show all the different pr- productions and who's the stunt coordinator and I'll send emails all over the place. I'll send email to coordinators that I know to ones that I don't know to introduce myself and say, you know, I'd, I'd love to work with you. And the coordinators will, they, it's not, it's a big community, but it's, it's not, you know what I mean? Everybody mm-hmm. kind of knows each other, especially with stunts because it is so dangerous. You're, you have to like rely on somebody, you know, for your life. So stunts is a lot different than acting. Um, so the co- coordinator has to be comfortable with you that knows that you're going to be able to do the, the, the stunts and do it safely and make it look good. So stunt coordinators, once you start working with them and they like you, when you email another coordinator, they'll say, Hey, you know, this guy, have you worked with them? Yeah. So it's, it's all word of mouth. It's all just getting your word, your name out there. 
um, being respectful, being a good worker, being on time, doing what you're supposed to do. And like you said, people, people see that. Um, Developing a trust too. I think you hit the nail on the head where, you know, there could be somebody, I mean, totally go off the rails and how do you trust that? But when people develop a trust with you, they say, oh yeah, Jay, come in here. He's going to, you know, everything you just said, be respectful, do what we need him to do, you know, maybe offer a little insight, but he's going to stick within our guidelines and not like do something crazy. And also too, you, you, you want to make sure that people, people are cool to work with. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like who wants to work with somebody that's a pain in the, in the butt? I mean, they might be the greatest stunt person, but if they're horrible to be around, they're going to make it miserable. So yeah, people don't want to be around that. So it's all about being the, the, the uh, being, true to yourself, but being a good person and just, uh, respecting the, the art of what you're doing because a lot of people, Oh, you're just fighting and stuff like that. There's an art to it. It's, it is art. And, uh, and it's something that's so much fun. And uh, I'm so lucky to be able to do me. actually stands for Michigan film industry association. Sorry about that. I've got so many things running through my head, (laughs) but you are are a busy guy, you know? Um, and, and, and what you're saying is, is so impactful. I think for you guys at home, you know, you, you see people jumping out of buildings, out of planes and fist fights and, and your life is, could potentially be in danger and to have that trust and, and to understand who you're working with has got to be huge. And that's not even just, just the film industry. That's everything. I mean, as far as being, uh, not only working hard at your craft and being the best that you can, but being a decent person too. I mean that uh, in secular work, uh, if I'm going to be hiring somebody, I'd much rather hire that person. That is the, the cool person that it's got a great vibe. That's good to be around. You know, it, it helps you no matter where you are. Um, it helps you in life with whether it's work or, or anything like that. Just having that vibe where, you know, there's too much negativity in the world. Uh, you know, yeah. And I'm guilty of it too. I, 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 I am. But um, if you just have the, a good vibe about you. People pick up on that. And people, the more you have that vibe, the more people want to be around you. hundred percent. hundred percent. Now, uh, again, it's some of these questions are my purse. Like, oh, <laughs> what can I ask Jay on the set? Favorite stunt gig. I know, I know that if anybody watching who has any affiliation with any star Wars films <laughs> out there, please find some place for Jay to fit in that. Cause I know he'd be stoked. I've seen his office. Crazy Star Wars from freaking <laughs> ceiling to floor. Awesome. But what has up to this point, because you got ways to go yet, up to this point, favorite stunt gig? Um, I've, I've been lucky enough to do a lot of cool things. I got to play a cop in Batman vs. Superman, so I'm uh, in the DC universe. Uh, I also got to play a militia member in uh, Punisher on uh, Marvel, yeah. so I'm in the Marvel universe. So now, like you said, I just got to get into a Star Wars gig. Uh, uh, I've actually emailed with the coordinator for The Mandalorian, and I'm uh, trying to get on that, but... Hey, if anybody wants to hire, yeah. But uh, probably my favorite gig I, I did for a couple seasons, I got the stunt double for an actor named Ryan Hurst who uh, played Opie on Sons of Anarchy. That's what he's famous for. And he was he played G- Gary Bertier in Remember the Titans way back in the day. Great guy. But he, uh, we did a show called Outsiders um, on WGN for a couple of years. I got to be his uh, stunt double for two seasons. And uh, it was about a family that lived on a mountain that rode ATVs everywhere. So I literally... For two seasons, I just got to ride ATVs through the mountains, do a bunch of fun fight scenes in the mountains, and and it was just fantastic. We had such a great crew, such a great uh, cast, and it was just, man, that was such a great two summers, man. But uh, that's probably one of my favorites. Um, Punisher was also great just because of all the different stunt coordinator or stunt uh, people that I got to work with on that episode. There's a bunch of stunt guys being militia members, shooting guns, running through the woods. I mean, just a blast. And uh, just to be able to meet and work with a bunch of these guys that I've seen do other things and, but never met in person. That's, that's always the, the coolest to me. I always love meeting new people and working with them. Yeah. That sounds very cool. Yeah. And, it's a blast. Uh, I, I, I saw you two together, you and uh Hirsch and we <laughs> yeah. were at comic con a couple of years ago and he was oh, yeah. signing autographs or doing something. So I got to see you guys side by side and uh yeah i can understand why they picked you yeah to fill well, that was, role it was funny because even before i ever worked for him um i used to have longer hair and of course i had my big beard and people always used to say and this was when he was on sons of anarchy uh oh you look like opie and I'm, i never watched sons of anarchy so i didn't even know what they were talking about but then uh later on this job came up um for this new show 
And I looked at it and I'm like, oh yeah, that, that guy. And then and it turns out it was that guy that played Obi. I'm like, oh yeah, I guess I do kind of look like him. But yeah, it worked out great because, uh, you know, I got to do a lot more stuff for him um, that he didn't necessarily, you know, wasn't necessarily comfortable with. But because we look so similar, I got, they got to do a lot more camera angles where they normally wouldn't, you know, you are normally a double, uh, stunt double doesn't look, you know, you could tell it's not that person, but luckily we had, uh, had a a strong enough resemblance where we were able to do a lot more with the scenes because they could show a little bit more of my face and get away with it. So it was, it was a lot of fun. And he was, he's an amazing guy. That guy, uh, he teaches Kundalini uh, yoga. I mean, he's a, he's a, (laughs) he's a vegan. He, he, he does dog rescue, uh, big, tough looking dude. And he's one of the sweetest guys you'll ever (laughs) <laughs> definitely, definitely. At Comic-Con, I totally got that vibe from We had a little conversation, and uh, yeah, great guy, yeah, awesome, and, and it, it definitely showed there, at least I saw it firsthand, that the relationship wasn't just like, I'm going to my trailer, you, get, you guys actually connected a little bit as well. Yeah, we have a very, uh, we, we have a, a very similar um, way of storytelling too, I believe. Like, we would always, you know, with the fight scenes and stuff like that, I would always talk with him about it, feel what, like what kind of vibe he wants out of it. And then once you work with him for a while, you can kind of learn. So I would, I would know certain things to, to put the fight scene together and I would do that. And then I would show it to him and then he would make his uh, uh, tweaks on it and stuff like that. And we had a really good working relationship, I think, because we had a, a very similar mindset as far as uh, visual storytelling. So he was great to work with. Yeah, it definitely makes that uh, that transition very smooth, you know. And he's fired up on it. You're fired up on it, and and that's a uh, yep. very important, I think, especially in that field. Yeah, I mean, we got we got canceled after two seasons. Unfortunately, I think that that had that not happened, that show had the really potential to really blow up. Uh, it's too bad it didn't didn't ever go out there. I think it would have been the next Sons of Anarchy because it was it was a, it was a good show. But, but you move on to the next thing and uh, and go from there. Yeah. Well, you brought up uh, SAG, the Screen Actors Guild, a little bit. Uh, how and why did you get involved with that? Uh, so, yeah, the Screen Actors Guild is the actors union uh, SAG SAG slash AFTRA. Um, AFTRA used to be more the television union. SAG used to be the film union, but they merged uh, back in 2010, I believe it was. Um, but SAG is uh, SAG AFTRA has been so instrumental in helping um, not only actors, but dancers, singers, stunt people, things like that with uh, – being able to make fair wages and to be able to get health insurance for your family and things like that. So I'm, I'm very pro union. I'm, you know, I grew up in Detroit. We, my dad was a UAW member forever. Um, I'm very pro union and, but I wanted to get more involved because our local union here in Michigan is full, mostly of actors. There's not a lot of stunt people here. And uh, I just wanted us to, the stunt people to have more representation. And so I, um, I uh, went out to be part of the board. I got uh, voted in to be part of the board and I've been doing that for a few years now. And um, so I do it mostly to give us stunt people, some representations and trying to make it better for all of us um, with new contracts and things like that, that come up with negotiating and things like that. I just want it better, not only for me, but for all the actors in Michigan. I mean, we have a great talent base here in Michigan. Um, People don't realize it because People think, oh, film, they think New York or Hollywood. But there is such a great talent base here in Michigan um, and that don't get utilized enough. Uh, not only the actors, but also the crew members, like I said, as well. Um, and I think that if we can get this bill passed and we get some more filming here and things like that, I think it's really going to show people what Michigan can bring to the table. So. I think it would be wonderful because especially here in our state, you know, we have four seasons. We have such, I mean, you can find any setting you want oh, absolutely. In, in the peninsula of Michigan. In yeah. the same day. I mean, you could be shooting in uh, downtown Detroit um, in, in the urban, you know, with, and then you can drive for an hour and be on a beach. You know, and our, our, our beaches are beautiful. And, uh, Grand we have Haven woods. is totally a beach town. Yeah. You know? So you have so much versatility in the state, not only with, uh, locations and things like that. But like I said, with the, with the talent pool, um, it's just a shame they're not being used as much as they could be. Because I, like I said, I think, I think we, we have a lot to offer and I think, uh, I think we're going to show that soon. So. Yeah. Super cool. Super cool. I hope so. Because I think it would be wonderful for the state and, and just rad, um, 
to see it on screen, yeah. you know, for uh, people who've been around. If you've been to downtown Detroit, spend any time there or anywhere. I mean, if they're shooting in your little town and you get to see that and when you go to the theater, pop it on at, at home to stream it, that's a cool feeling. It gives a sense of pride, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, hey, that's I know where that is. That's a, that's my place, yep. you know, and, then, and now now other people are going to see my place, you know what I mean? And I and I'm this has been a whole learning thing working with Mifia because I'm not a politician. I I don't know a ton about uh, legislation and things like that. So I've been learning slowly as we go. My old thing is I've been trying to help any way I can. So um, I try to help with getting the word out as far as, uh, uh, you know, donations and things like that, but just trying to get people to um, just open up their eyes to it and see like how many, like how many jobs this can bring. It, it's unbelievable when you break it down, like how many jobs this, that this could help all of Michiganders, and uh, I'm really excited for it. I, I, I'm, I'm excited to, to to be a part of it, and I'm just I'm just trying to learn what I can. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, and you, and you just said, you know, I'm trying to help this. You know, help. I just want to help. Uh, you do a ton with charity work. Uh, you know, I I always see you doing this or that, or, or I mean, you're all over the map. If it's a golfing charity, if it's playing hockey, if it's doing something with DMAC. Uh, you know, is there any one charity you're specific to or? No, um, you know, I think I see, I told you this when, uh, when I was on your podcast before, it's like, uh, I'm super lucky to be able to do the things I do, to be able to be in the film industry, to be able to travel, to be able to meet some of the people I do. Um, I'm super lucky. And, uh, I almost feel like there's an imbalance, <laughs> you know, I'm too lucky. Like I'm, I, I, I want other people to, you know, I shouldn't be getting this. Other people should. So. I, my philosophy is always like any charity that needs help, I will give back any way that I can because I need to balance that out because I'm getting way too much love. So I need to be able to balance that love out. So I work with all sorts of charities. Um, United Cerebral Palsy of Michigan, uh, Operation Injured Soldiers. I work a lot with the Joe Koser Foundation and the Ted Lindsay Foundation. Uh, we do a lot of events with them. Uh, uh, I, I just try to help out with, with whatever I can. And it's been great because I get to meet other people who do the same thing. And so by doing that, you get to work with other charities, you know what I mean? And you find other charities that you can help out with And I'll go somewhere and work, you know, if I'm working with operation injured soldiers and I'll meet somebody there, that's also doing another charity event somewhere else. And that, Hey, can you come out and help? Absolutely. You know, absolutely. Um, the Ted Lindsay foundation is such a great foundation that is linked up with the Joe Coaster foundation and the Detroit Red Wings alumni who I've been lucky enough to, to be, be able to do a lot of events with them. And, um, Ted Lindsay foundation has always been, uh, for uh, autism for kids. And that one's, that one's one of my favorites as well. Uh, one of the, to work with because seeing these kids come out and, and, and how happy they are when, when we have different, either a golf event or hockey event, things like that. It's just such a blast, man. And the United Cerebral Palsy one is one that's been close to me simply because I've been doing this for years, but now the last few years I've been actually helping to organize the events as well. Um, you know, we have an event coming up. Uh, well, when this airs, it'll already have happened, but skatewithoutlimits.org is uh, for uh, ucpmichigan.org is also the, uh, the website. It's United Cerebral Palsy. We do a hockey event every year that we're going to be, you're going to be a part of it this year. Um, we do a sled hockey game and then a game against the Red Wing. We get the Detroit Red Wing alumni. And uh, every year we do this event and raise close to forty dollars to $50,000 each year for United Cerebral Palsy, which has been a blast. So it's been a, it's been a lot of fun to be part of. And uh, um, I'm always willing to help out. Well, and, and the, two pe the two people, you brought up Ted Lindsay. I got to meet Ted Lindsay a, a few years ago, and what a rad dude. First time I ever met him. For, for those of you who don't know who Ted Lindsay is, number seven, Red Wing, retired number. He started the uh, Players the Union NHL for the NHL. Right, yep. NHL um, and just a rad dude. Like, when I met him, one, he pronounced my name right. And nobody ever does that. And two, <laughs> it took me years to even pronounce your name right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and two, he said nice things about Down River, which is where you and I grew up. Yeah. He's like, man, Down River people are the best. So I, I, I wear number seven often when I get to play because of Ted Lindsay. And, um, and also the other thing is Mike Ward with uh, the hockey event UCP, and UCP. Yeah. Uh, just uh, great individuals. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I played drop-in with Mike Ward for years. And uh, I always – 
heard him talking about this event, but I never was a part of it. And then finally, I was like, man, this sounds fun. I, I want to help out. I want to be a part of it. So he had me come out to the event. Actually, the first year, I think I was a ref for the sled hockey game. Uh, and then it opened up a spot for the players to play against the, the alumni. And I did that and uh, just had so much fun. And uh, I kind of try to get some of my media friends that are uh, in the area. Um, we've been on you know Channel 2 with Amy Andrews. We've been on Channel 4 with Jamie Edmonds. Uh, I think we're going to be on uh, Channel 7 with Brad Galley coming up. And uh, so I, I've been kind of using my contacts to try to get the word out for, for that as well. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's when you associate yourself with good people, you know, you one, you get to do good things, but and then you just feel so much better. You know, it's just such a good feeling. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the better people that like when I'm hanging out with you, I, I can't not be smiling. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just it's just when you hang out with good hearted people. It just, it brings a smile to your face. Yeah, it is. Like attracts like, and, and as you do good things, more good good opportunities open up. And 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 he's, Jay is talking about it uh, on every level, from wrestling to uh, the stunt world to charity work. As you just, uh, you, you, you give of yourself, how may I serve? And when you do it without ego and without thinking, what is this going to get me? The opportunities are incredible, are, are totally incredible and unexpected most of the time. Well, and that's the thing, because you, you find out things about yourself and you find out things that um, you never would have. You, you put yourself in positions there. You, you meet people that you never would have had the opportunity to meet. You get to hear stories that you never would have got to hear. You get to be part of stories that you never would have been, yeah. been able to be a part of. That, that's some of my favorite things is like, uh, you know, somebody will come up to me and they'll be like, oh man, you know, years ago you were at a charity event and you, you talked to me and blah, blah, blah. That, that is what does it for me. I'm like, you remember that? Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's great. So to be able to do that uh, for me, it's, it's awesome to be able to affect anybody's life in a positive way. I mean, it, it just, it feels great. Definitely. Definitely. Now, now you're six, 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 seven on some days. <laughs> is it, what size hockey skates do you wear? And is it difficult to find them? No, uh, cause I, I'm my regular shoe size is a 13. I wear a 12, uh, hockey skate. Um, 13 is right at the limit though. I, I got lucky cause my feet stopped growing at 13. Now my son, my son, Brendan, he's 22 and he has a 15 and that's harder to find. So, um, I've been, I've been lucky. I'm, I can usually find the skates, you know, uh, skates nowadays, you know, I try to get online anyway. I get everything online you know, it's just easier that way. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, I think a 12. If I can get the double E, that usually helps. But. I thought you were going to say like 15, no, I got, 17, something I got lucky. like that. Like I said, my son, he's got a 15, but I got lucky. I'm like right at the uh, 13s you can still find at the store. Yeah. <laughs> After that, then you got to start looking online and stuff like that. So what's coming, man? Like uh, you got anything on the docket coming up? I know uh, when this airs, uh, we had we would already played the hockey game last week, but um, anything coming up? I got, uh, just got the emails for emails are starting to come in for the summer events, the charity events. We have the operation injured soldiers, uh, uh, golf outing. That's going to be, um, in June, uh, with a lot of the Detroit Red Wing alumni, a lot of, uh, uh, lions alumni and things like that. Um, uh, we've got a lot of things coming up this summer. It's going to be a busy LPGA is going to be, uh, coming up. We do a out in Grand Rapids, the LPGA tournament goes on out there and we do a celebrity pro-am out there. Um, and it's all uh, with Meyer and Meyer has, uh, this event raises a lot of money to uh, feed hungry, uh, hungry children. Um, it stocks up food banks and things like that, um, uh, with the money that's raised for it. So it's a, it's a really cool event too. And it's a lot of fun to be a part of it. I get, I get to feel famous for a little bit, you know, I'm hanging out with like Trey Ringo from ESPN and Max Schlereth and the, or, uh, Mark Schlereth and, uh, you know, those guys and a bunch of my Red Wings friends and stuff like that. So it's, it's pretty fun. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of fun. Now, see, I'm always, I'm, I, I'm always like, Hey Jay, what's up? You know, <laughs> you're, you're big dude. Uh, golf clubs, you got to get them custom made like big. Yeah. Not, I mean, I love golfing, but I'm not great at it. So I don't have the super expensive clubs. Uh, but I did have to get, I think they're an inch and a half longer than normal yeah. size. Uh, <laughs> but uh, anything after that, if I go and get a custom set, I probably will one of these days. But uh, uh, 
I just have other things to spend my money on right now. I'm not good yeah. enough to spend that much money on them. You know what I mean? <laughs> if I was good at it, you know, it'd be one thing, but I golf to me is more about having fun than being good at it. <laughs> That's the way I feel. You know, uh, I, my clubs are sort of a mishmash of different things. You know, chiropractor gave me a club here. Yeah, I right. got, I got my irons, but I have different and I just have a good time. Yeah. You know? It's a bla- I mean, you know, you go out at eight in the morning on a beautiful summer day and you're just out there with your buddies and just having a good time. Even if you're playing like garbage, it's still, you're having a good time with your buddies, enjoying being on the outside. Like there's nothing better than being outside on a summer day and uh, with a nice cool breeze and just enjoying, enjoying nature, man. Yeah. I get to golf with my dad uh, often and it's just awesome. You know, I'm like, dad, if you want to win, you can fill out the scorecard now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, go ahead. You win. Now let's go have yeah, a good yeah, time. Exactly. And when he developed that mindset, he plays really, really yeah. good golf now. And that's the thing. People people stress too much, you know. You just go out there and have fun. That's all and you'll end up playing better when you have fun because you're not worrying about all the other stuff, you know. Definitely, definitely. Well, Jay, dude, like I said, opening the show. Thank you so much oh, man. Thank for, you for having visiting me. us here. You're welcome back. At- Anytime, anytime you want to come I'll in be here. here next week. <laughs> it's going to soon. It'll be the J and G show. We'll, we'll, we'll be changing. But um, can can you run down again how people can keep an eye on you, where you're at, uh, the SAG stuff, charity stuff, all that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, JAdamsStunts.com is my website. Uh, I have a bunch of stuff, a bunch of videos of uh, different uh, film stuff that I've done and uh, some some old wrestling stuff that I've done as well. Uh, so JAdamsStunts.com. Uh, also, all the social media, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff is at J Adam Stunts. Um, if you have any questions uh, as far as uh, with the UCP, uh, UCPMichigan.org, uh, SkateWithoutLimits.org, um, and any of the other things that I might have mentioned, uh, hit me up on Twitter. I can give out whatever information. It's a lot easier when I have it in front of me to look at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> My mind, after getting hit with steel chairs for years, it just, you know, it just doesn't stay in as much as it used to. <laughs> I can't even imagine. But... You know, uh, this is why I love doing the show, bringing stories like Jay's. You know, I mean, going from growing up in Michigan to having a having a, a vision of, of thinking it's unattainable and then professional wrestling, stunts, doing charity work, giving back, just awesomeness. And he embodies exactly what the drop-in is. So hopefully you took some notes. Reach out to Jay or myself if you have any questions at all. And the goal is just to inspire you to get off your couch. You know, life, we it's not a dress rehearsal. We get one shot. One shot at this thing called life. And it is our job to make the most of it. You just heard freaking just nuts, broken back. And then, oh, that's been all I, I guess I'll be a stunt man. I don't know. I, I just think it's awesome, you know, I, and well, I think you, about man. that often. That's- well, I, I, you know, I had a, my son is uh, getting into skateboarding and uh, I was showing him some of your stuff like that. So I, I mean, for th- I appreciate all the kind words, but man, I love seeing all the stuff that you do. I, lo- I, I, I've been a skate, you know, I used to be a skateboarder when I was a kid. And uh, um, I mean, some of the people that you know that, you know, Christian Hasoy and Dan, Bill Danforth, all these guys that I grew up watching, man. I'm like, that's rad to me, man. So I love watching all the stuff that you do too. And uh, you, you, you know, you got me involved with that, the, the hockey thing with the, the kid from Troy uh, for his Eagle Scout badge. So that's a cool thing, man. When you, like I said, when you associate yourself with good people, you brought me into some stuff. I bring you into some stuff and we all just have a good time and, and help out people. Yeah, yeah. Well, with that, that's a great close to the show. I want to thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure to, you know, like I said, drop me a line, something you want to see, somebody you think would fit in good on the drop-in because it's all about to inspire you, the viewer. Check out our conversations. See the goosebumps. I get them all the time. The energy is awesome, and I hope you can feel that right through the camera. But thank you so much for tuning in. This is J.R. Adams. Thank you, buddy. I am Gerald Valley, and this is The Drop-In.